Welcome back to another week. It is Rick Six, Season 3, Episode 8. We're back with the weekly NFL picks. I'm joined by Gledhill. Preston is unfortunately not here again, but hopefully next week we can get him back because that will be the midway point in the season. We'll be able to give you all our top 10 teams through the midway point of the season. We'll be able to give you our top five MVPs and all that other good stuff. And, and, we'll and talk about where we all missed uh, in our <laughs> preseason predictions. I'm already looking back. I'm looking at my Colts pick, I'm look, which, you know, they're playing better recently, but I'm looking at my Washington pick in the NFC East. I'm looking at, I guess, the Chiefs pick. I think we all we're all wrong on that. Oh yeah. Um, even though even though it's still not over, I mean, you know, who knows? But not looking great, you know. And I, I think those. I think we were all wrong in different ways. I think I know I, I was very wrong in a lot of ways. So not going to be fun looking back at that because I'm like, oh man, I'm an idiot for some of my picks, especially Washington, thinking that, oh yeah, they're, they got a good enough defense to overcome, you know, poor quarterback play, you know, they're, they're, they'll, they'll find a way to win the division. Heck no. Should have followed you guys. Should have, should have gone with Dallas. They're the obvious, you know, best team in that division, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Um, you said, you said week eight, right? This week is, eight, uh, man. It's week eight. I, yeah. I would say the only one that the only one that I off the top of my head, I know I probably had worse than this, but the one team that I was really wrong about was definitely the Raiders. And I'm not afraid to admit that. I know coming into the season, I had the Raiders winning four or five games this year, and they already won five games. And, you know, even with all the drama with John Gruden resigning and everything, I was like, man, like maybe, th- maybe this pick could still turn out to be all right. Maybe they'll still be horrible. Maybe they'll be mediocre at best, but look at them now, five and two. Uh, looking really good right now. I mean, Derek, Derek Carr is playing his best yeah. football the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, I, I saw a stat. Um, it was like Derek Carr has more 300-yard passing games this year than like all the QBs combined or something like that. I don't even know. It was some crazy stat. It might not have been that crazy, but yeah, Derek Carr second in the league in the, and second in the league right now in passing behind Tom Brady, so he's really killing it right now. That's Bengals the only- too. You're all wrong in the Bengals. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. I don't think anybody expected the Bengals to be where they're at right now. So, eh. that, I mean, that one wasn't too crazy. There were I mean, a lot of unknowns there. We didn't know. We didn't. We still didn't know much about Zach Taylor. We didn't yeah. really know. You know, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow coming back from the injury. Yeah, you don't know what that because the injury that he had. You know, tearing his knee up in like three different areas. I mean, that that can ruin your career. You know, if you're you know if you're not lucky. So, but yeah. Well, the Bengals one, I'm not going to, you know, that one was crazy. There was a lot of uncertainty, especially with the Jamar Chase pick. And I think we can all say we were wrong about that. I mean, even if we thought Jamar Chase was going to be a good player, there were still a lot of negative vibes to him because, you know, they were saying, oh, he's having problems catching the ball in the preseason. They should have drafted Panay Sewell. He was the better player available, especially for the needs of the team. And the offensive line has actually played exceptionally well, surprisingly well. And Joe Burrow has turned into that dude. So I mean, we'll talk about the Bengals more when we get there, but really the Raiders one, that might be my worst take of the year. And then also I thought the Dolphins were going to be a 10 win team and now look at them at one and five. They are just looking awful. So we'll see what happens, but let's just go ahead and get on in these games because we have a great one coming up. Gledhill, the 
Green Bay Packers are going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this game is very interesting. I mean, obviously, for numerous reasons, you have the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, going up against probably the current MVP and Kyler Murray. Both teams are playing outstanding. Green Bay had that one really bad loss to the Saints the first week. And ever since then, you know, Rodgers has looked phenomenal these past six games. Uh, these past six weeks, he's had a uh, he's had a 70% completion percentage and 15 touchdowns to one interceptions. And his rating has been 118.6. So he's playing outstanding. The only thing I've kind of shitted on the Packers a little bit is being a little bit too Devontae Adams dependent. And then that's not a bad thing. I mean, but I, I, I am a little concerned when they play top NFC teams in the playoffs because, you know, if Devontae Adams has one bad game, you know, like, what are you going to do? How are you going to get those other guys involved? And I trust Aaron Rodgers to make those adjustments, but I just don't know if it could be enough. I mean, we've seen what Matt LaFleur has been as a play caller in the postseason, especially last year. Just uh, a lot of uncertainty. I really feel like, you know, this team is good enough to go all the way, no doubt about it, but it's just going to be dependent on the play calling and if Aaron Rodgers can get these other guys involved. So it's very unfortunate that they are going into this Cardinals game a little, you know, empty handed because now they have their starting three receivers are going to be out this game. Glad Hill, Devontae Adams is on the reserve COVID list. Alan Lazard, who's on that list as well. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantley is on injured reserve now. So they're going to be at they're going to be at this game with little to less help on offense. So, you know, it's, if they do win this game, it's going to take an insane effort from this Packers defense because no top 3 receivers from Aaron Rodgers and 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 they're they're going to have to run the ball a lot. So, if Matt LaFleur calls some great plays and and passes up, maybe they can maybe they can win a tough game on the road, but Gledhoa, uh, what do you what do you think about this game? What do you think about the Packers injuries because not only are they going in shorthanded with with those three guys out, but it's looking like also they're going to have some other guys out because the Darius Smith, Jair Alexander, and Preston Smith probably will also be out for them too. So they're just really banged up. And then on the Cardinals side, you have D-Hop, who's questionable with a hamstring injury, but they said he's probably going to play. So how do you feel about all these injuries? Can can Aaron Rodgers go in there and make this happen? Uh, I mean, certainly possible. It's going to be tough. I mean, if he's able to, I mean, this this might this might go down as one of Aaron Rodgers' greatest performances of all time. And if he's able to do this uh, without these pieces on offense, and then you mentioned the defensive pieces as well. I mean, there there are times when you're a franchise quarterback, and Aaron's been one for a long, long time, longer than you know every quarterback in the league outside of Tom Brady. You know, at this point, you know, I guess you could say Ben Roethlisberger too, but you know, he's been doing it for you know almost as long as anybody else, and uh, you know he knows that there are going to be times where all the cards are stacked against you and you, and you still, you know, you got to go on the road, you know, and you still got to get it done for your team. So, well, I don't see him playing like a perfect game necessarily. I do see him still able to make some plays. The only way I could see this being a blowout in favor of the Cardinals is if, you know, there's a couple early turnovers, almost like that Tampa Bay game last year where, you know, Aaron has a couple early turnovers and then he maybe mentally checks out and the Cardinals cruise to a 17 point win or something. But if, if he's making plays early, you know, and even if he makes a couple mistakes early, but he, he's still dialed in, I can see this game definitely being close. But I mean, the Cardinals are humming right now. I mean, eventually they're going to lose, right? Eventually they're going to get upset. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see this team going 17 and 0. I don't think they're like that dominant of a team. You know, yeah, you can make a, a strong argument they're the best team in the league right now. But you know, it's so hard to go 17 to know. I mean, at some point they're gonna at some point they're gonna up, get upset by someone. They're gonna, you know, meet the Rams again and the Rams will have their number or something. But in this game at home with everything stacked against the Packers, I see Aaron Rodgers playing well, but it's just I think the Packers are gonna lose, but it's to no fault of Aaron Rodgers, though. I mean, 
I'll just say that. I think it's going to be like a 31 to 24 kind of win for the Cardinals where maybe it's not the prettiest game for Arizona. Uh, maybe not the prettiest game for Kyler Murray. I still think this Green Bay defense is capable of making some plays, but all the, everything's stacked against them in this game. And I just, the Cardinals are playing so well, and I, I'm going to take Arizona. Uh, 31-24. 31-24. Okay, actually, Gledhill, surprisingly, I was going to say that exact same score in favor of the Cardinals. I, I was honestly thinking about picking Green Bay all week, uh, but then when I saw all those injuries, you know, Alan Lazar, Devontae Adams, Marcus Valdez-Scantley, uh, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander. I'm like, man, th- this is just, they're too empty handed. You know, who knows? Maybe Rogers goes out there and balls and he throws four touchdowns and they win. But uh, honestly, I'm not going to bet it to happen. It's, it's kind of like a show me that you can do it. And, 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 but you're, like you said, I, I agree with all the points you said, like if any quarterback could do it, it would be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to play it on the safe side. I'm going to take Arizona to keep it rolling seven to no. And I think they're going to find a way to, to, to prove to eight no here. So I think that they're going to win. Uh, let's go 31, 24. I'll match your score. And another thing is Cardinals, uh, you know, another loss here, a significant loss here. JJ Watt, it said he had been ruled out, uh, you know, with a shoulder injury, but everyone thought he was going to be okay. And then I just got the news not too long ago, Glad Hill, that he will undergo what is now likely to be season ending shoulder surgery. And I was like, man, like that just sucks for him. And, and honestly, he, he suffered, he suffered in the second quarter last week. Uh, with the, he was a torn labrum, a torn bicep, a torn rotator cuff, and a dislocated shoulder. He finished the game. He's always been tough. We never question his his durability or his toughness, but his durability has kind of been you know up and down his whole career. And him getting you know got not getting any younger. He's already in his thirties now, so I think it might be time to call it a quits. But I mean, we'll see what happens. But that that's and that'd another be a big loss for the Cardinals defense too. I I I, I want to see how it affects him going forward, but. I think he was, you know, a huge presence in that locker room uh, for a defense that, I, that, you know, I think was still relatively younger. Um, they got a couple other vets in there, but just his presence in the locker room, and, and he'll still be around, obviously. I know he'll be present there, but just ha- not having him on the field, I think, is going to make a, a big impact for this team. So, I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, this undefeated Cardinals team, you know, this is going to be their downfall. You know, I, I think they're, they're yeah. so strong in other areas, too, but I am interested to see how this, how this affects them as a team. Yeah. And it looks like the Cardinals are favored by six and a half. So that spread also is kind of too much to gamble for me for the Packers. So we'll keep it at 31-24. Let's go ahead and move on into the next game. We got the LA Rams going on the road to play the Houston Texans. Matthew Stafford is 0-3 career record versus Houston. Would you have ever guessed that, Bloodhill? He's 0-3 against Houston in his career. That's really interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, I I mean, the Texans had some really good teams in there and the Lions uh, did not. So it doesn't completely surprise me, but the fact that he hasn't gotten a single win against them. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting to me. I think it's safe to say uh, he'll get numero uno today. Um, (laughs) For real. Can you guess the spread uh, on this? Oh, gosh, it's not going to be as bad as the Texans games last week, right? I mean, it's probably 14, 16. Yeah, Okay. I mean, I guess last week against uh, Arizona, they were 18. It was 18. So 16 is a little bit lower. Yeah. Something to note is the Rams, the Rams and the Lions game was a little fun. Um, you know, obviously Matthew Stafford was able to get that win over his old team, but the, the Lions, I mean, we talk about them every week, let hell, they're always in it. They're always competitive. You know, Dan Campbell has the, has the right attitude. They just don't, I just say it every week. They don't have the team. They just don't have the team to put the wins together. We'll see what happens this week. Cause they're playing a Philadelphia Eagles team. That's, uh, you know, kind of inconsistent and Nick Sirianna could totally ruin it for them, but on to this game. I think this one's pretty easy. I think we're both going to pick the Rams. Question is how much are we going to pick them? Are we going to pick them to cover that 16 point spread 
Only time will tell. All I got to say about this one is Matthew Stafford last week became the 13th QB in NFL history to throw for 300 touchdown passes, which is absolutely insane. He's elite and got to love him. So love to see Matthew Stafford doing great. The Rams are six and one, have one of the best teams in the NFL. Gledhill, since we both have the Rams winning this game, let's go ahead and say a score. I'll go ahead and I'll say that the Rams put up 35 to the Texans. We'll go 35 to 20. They win by 15. So you know what? We'll just say the Texans cover. Why not? Why not? Just because of my score, they'll cover. I'll go 38-20. Yeah, and I will say I hope I hope we see that that Stafford video of him, you know, getting all, you know, getting excited, you know, sticking his tongue out. I think that was kind of that was kind of cool. So yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Next one. We got a we got a really, really important game for both teams here, especially if you don't want to fall behind in that division. We got an AFC North showdown. The Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road to play the Cleveland Browns. Ben Roethlisberger, 23-2-1, regular season career record versus the Cleveland Browns. He has always known to own them in the past, but he's a little bit older now. I've talked about him being the worst quarter starting quarterback in the league. And no, Davis Mills does not count Gledhill. So we're not gonna we're not gonna factor that in again. But yeah, the Browns are coming back. They're finally getting some players off injured reserve. You know, Nick Chubb is finally back in the lineup. Kareem Hunt is out. So that, but you know, you got Dearness Johnson who had a hell of a game, first game as a starter and goes in there and runs for 150 yards. That, that, that just shows you how much depth the Browns have at the running back position in the O-line. I mean, you know, the fact that they can put a guy out there who, you know, like a couple of years ago was, you know, just emailing and DMing NFL teams to like, give me a chance. And the fact that he goes out there and puts up 150 yards, his first NFL game. That that was really special. So, you know, Dearness Johnson could be a starter and in, in, in on many teams just by that performance alone. So onto this game, though. This is a really big game because Cleveland's going to be getting a lot of people back from injuries, like I said. So Nick Chubb's coming back. Kareem Hunt's still out. Uh Donovan Peoples Jones is going to be out. Denzel Ward is still out. He's banged up, but they also get Jadavion Clowney back. He played last game, but he's he's been a little banged up. So and then now OBJ. And I think Jarvis Landry is going to be back too as well, Gledhill. So big game for both teams just because you don't want to fall behind in this division. Do you want to start this one? I'll go ahead and start it. I'm going to take the Steelers. You're going to take um, the Steelers? Yeah, I'm kind of a fan of Mike Tomlin too. I, I think uh, I think his rants about not going to USC and, and those, those lines, he's like, never say never, but never. And then he said uh, – he said, there's not a booster with a big enough blank check. I thought that was just legendary. One of the great rants of all time, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see kind of how it develops. You know, if in 10 years, that's when we look back at it, it's like, man, that was cool. But I, I was in love with that this week. I thought that was an awesome answer. He was hundred percent right. When he talked about, you know, why don't, why don't they go after Andy Reid or why don't they go after Sean Payton? hundred percent right. Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach. You know, been doing it as, as well as, as anybody else outside of Bill Belichick for the last you know 10, 15, you know, 15 years, two Super Bowls. I'll stop talking about it, but um, I, I think the Steelers will win this game. I still like what they're doing on the defensive side. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I don't like I don't ever like picking Cleveland against Pittsburgh just because Big Ben's career record versus them. And I know in the in even in the I mean, I, I get that last year. Towards the end of the season, the Steelers imploded and the Browns were able to beat them not only that last week of the season, but also in the playoffs when it mattered the most. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't ever feel confident picking Cleveland over Pittsburgh in that circumstance. But the fact that they are favored by four at home, the fact that Big Ben is just like such a liability on offense. I think Najee Harris will have his way, but I don't know, man. I just feel like the Browns are going to come up with a good game plan. Having Baker Mayfield will be huge. I mean, it's not like Case Keenum is that much of a downgrade from Baker anyways, but I mean, I, I just think having Baker back, just the motivation and everything and how much 
they want to get this win versus, you know, that Steelers, that Steelers team. I, I just feel like they're going to come up with a game plan. I, I think they're going to be a lot of run, run heavy this game and mix up the play action and partially torn labrum from Baker Mayfield. They'll be looking at his shoulder really well this game and, and hopefully he, they, he should have no problems, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to take the Browns just because they're home. Glad hell probably when they play the Steelers on the road, I'll probably pick Pittsburgh, but I don't think people understand how important this game is. I mean, you got the, the Cleveland Browns who are four and three and they have a lot of injuries right now. And you got the Steelers who are three and three, you know, this loss right here could single-handedly knock them out of the playoffs just because that, that division's kind of been running away with the Bravens and the, and the, the Bengals just playing so well. So this game is very important and it doesn't look like three of these teams will make the playoffs. Unlike last year. I mean, maybe Cleveland will sneak Absolutely in not. as, yeah, maybe Cleveland will sneak in as the seventh seed. But I don't know. I, it's just so much of a of a risk. You can at least like gamble on Baltimore and Cincinnati being there as the as the division winner and the wild card. But that's going to be a wild card spot right there. So it'll just have to see how the rest of the AFC lines up. But yeah, Gladhill, since you picked the Steelers, and I'm you know I'm right there with you on picks. I, I you know this is I think you're only or I think no, you're one game ahead of me now. So I got to get you somehow. And this is I feel like this is a game that I could get you. So I'm going to take the Browns and I'm going to take them to win. We'll go a low scoring defensive game. We'll go 23 to 20. So that's what I got. And what, what was your final score? Can I give one? No, I'm going to go 27, 24. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Next game. We got an, oh, we got a pretty easy one right here. We got the Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to play the New York jets. Cincinnati's won three straight games versus New York uh, outscored them 94 to 37 in those games. This is also another big spread of the week. Cincinnati is favored by 11 points on the road. Gladhill, I'll go ahead and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure this is an easy one. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, they've been playing outstanding. Jamar Chase, 754 receiving yards in his first seven NFL games. That is the most in NFL history. There's been a lot of good rookies in the, that have come out and, and have been so successful, especially with, you know, guys like Josh Gordon, guys like OBJ having a crazy rookie season. So Jamar Chase is in some pretty elite company right there. And him and Burrow's figuring it out. They've been playing, they've been proving a lot of haters wrong and, and then, you know, meanwhile, you got the Jets who are just, oh man, they got smacked by the Patriots, got literally put up 54 points on them. And Zach Wilson suffered a minor PCL sprain in that game, and he's likely going to be out two weeks. So Mike White gets the starting quarterback job for New York here. Uh, this is an easy one, Gladhill. 11 point favorites. I think the, I think the Bengals cover. I th- I'm going to say the Bengals win by 21 points. I'm going to say the Bengals go out there and the Bengals win. Let's go 30 to 10, 20 point win. And I don't think the Jets are going to be able to form any type of offense at all. So 30 to 10, that's my final score. Who do you got? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I'll, I'll obviously take the Bengals as well. And a little bit more on Jamar Chase. Obviously he's been, he's been so big for their offense. You know, there's a lot of controversy in the draft, you know, like, Oh, they got to take an offensive line. Oh, you know, they got to protect, protect Joe Burrow. Cause of what happened. You know, I think a lot of people kind of had that recency bias of, Oh, Joe Burrow got injured because of poor offensive line pet play. He got beat up all season. And uh, now you got to draft an offensive lineman. And, and that, I think that's a viewpoint that even I agreed with. I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, Jamar Chase is really solid, but how are you going to throw it to him if you don't have any time to throw the ball? So I, I, you know, I was a little bit skeptical of the Bengals heading into this year. I thought they had more questions than any other AFC North team, you know, in total, you know, I think there were questions about Joe Burrow come back from the injury. There were questions about, you know, is Jamar Chase, you know, is he a worthy pick at number five? How is he going to perform? You know, Zach Taylor hasn't really had a team like this before. You know, I think his last couple teams have been non, you know, haven't really been competitive. I think we went into the season, you know, believing that, okay, this might be his first competitive team. 
how good of a coach is he really? Because I think it was a little unknown. You know, it seems like every question that we had about the Bengals seems like, you know, it, it got answered. And, you know, there was a positive answer with him. I think Zach Taylor has been really solid this year. I think, you know, Jamar Chase is, I don't think anybody would, would have expected how much, you know, how much he's contributed. I think you know, he, he's a really, he's always been a really good route runner, even in college, you know, at LSU. Um, that's his specialty. And usually those are the guys that succeed in the NFL are the guys that are really, really good, you know, trained route runners. You know, the speed guys alone, the John Rosses of the world, the guys who aren't the best route runners, but have that speed. Those guys don't usually work in the NFL, you know, at, at least initially, because, you know, I think there's a lot of development that, that has to be made there. They can't just burn past NFL safeties like they can college safeties, you know, and, and, but Jamar Chase can beat people just because he is a great route runner. Um, and he also has that speed too. I mean, he ran a wicked fast 40 as well. So he's a really unique athlete for a lot of reasons. And man, I, I, without them, the Bengals would not be this good. He's been putting up every single week consistently. Glad to see him playing well. And the Bengals, they, they may be, you know, one of the more fun teams in the league right now. Just, I think everyone's kind of on their side. You know, everyone wants to see them turn it around. Joe Burrow's a very likable guy. You know, I, they're kind of, they kind of have that underdog feel right now. I'm trying to think. So they, they're coming into this game against the Jets as pretty hefty favorites, I would guess, after what happened against the Ravens last week. Yeah, 11 um, points. I mean, shoot, when's the last time the Bengals have been favored by 11 points? This is crazy. I don't know if they'll cover or not. I'd say they probably will, just with the Jets starting to back up. I'll definitely take the Bengals, and I'll, I'll probably go I'll go 32 to 17. Okay, so you're, you have yours a little bit closer. So 32 to 17 for Gledhill. I have 30 to 10. Let's go ahead and move on. We got the next game, another big division game right here, Gledhill. We have the Tennessee Titans going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. Derek Henry, 119.7 rushing yards per game in six games as a starter versus Indiana. I mean, we talked about him being in a league of his own, just playing outstanding. This dude's throwing touchdown passes now. Gledhill, he threw a touchdown pass versus the Chiefs. I know you picked the Chiefs last week against them. I'm so glad that I didn't. I literally said the only way that they can win that game is Patrick Mahomes has to literally be perfect. And he literally has to be perfect because the Chiefs defense is that bad. Like now I understand we were all wrong about the Chiefs, but I think everyone was wrong about the Chiefs this year, man. Like Gledho, I'll give you some props for saying that their roster would not be as good as last year. And okay, I'll give you props for that. But also, I don't think you would have expected their defense to be that bad. I mean, to be that bad is something else. And look, I, if you wanted to say that, yes, okay, they're, they're going to win the division, but you still had them winning, what, 12 games? And you had them winning by what? Maybe one game at most. And now they're last in their division. They might not even make the playoffs. So I don't think anybody would have expected that. But I do give you props for saying that, you know, they, they were going to take a little bit of a step back this year. I was, we'll get to the Chiefs later, but I was still being pretty safe with them. I was saying, you know, this isn't like a 17 and 0 team, but. You know, this is still going to win the division. This is still, you know, so I, I was still kind of in line with a lot of people. Um, I think you see what the Chiefs have done the last couple of years. And I think a lot of people just automatically think like, oh, they're going to be the next Patriots. But I think in reality, I mean, what we saw with the Patriots the last two decades, I, I don't think we'll ever see that again, at least for a long, long time. It's so hard in this league, especially once you pay your quarterback, he's going to have to get it done with not so great pieces around. I mean, that's what Tom had to do. And Andy Reid's a, a great coach, but I mean, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame head coach, but he ain't Bill, Bill Belichick. I mean, he's just not. And Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, he, he ain't Tom Brady, at least not yet. So it's hard in this league, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, again, big game, uh, Titans Colts. I don't know. I picked the Colts to win the division. So I had a lot of faith uh, in them coming in. 
didn't really show a whole lot early on in the season. You know, I, I think a couple games into the year, I was like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? Colts are just not looking great. Uh, but man, Carson Wentz has looked, you know, looked pretty good the last few weeks. Um, Colts are, are starting to figure it out a little bit. And uh, good to see them playing well again. They really got to go catch the Titans now because it's, you know, they're still a three and four team. Titans are rolling. I guess I got to start this game, don't I? Colts are favored uh, by three, surprisingly. Yeah, that's interesting to me. I guess they are at home, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't see Lucas Oil Stadium as like this this huge like, you know, it's like like you're going to Arrowhead or something. Like it's yeah, it's not you know. I don't feel like they have that big of a home field advantage. Huh. I don't know. I'll let you start this one. I'm stumped. I'll okay. the next couple. I'm, I'm actually not too stumped about this game. I do like the way the Colts have been playing, and I will say that I was wrong about them. I thought they were going to lose to San Francisco. I do feel like that that bad weather did benefit the Colts, though, because the 49ers had all the momentum early on in that game, and then it just kind of got flat. They had a couple turnovers in the rain. You know, Jimmy G fumbled a couple times. He threw a pick. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had some questionable play calling, and Carson Wentz played exceptionally well in that game, so... Yeah, but I do feel like that that weather did benefit them that game, and then they were able to take advantage of the 49ers that game. So, you know, all props to them. However, the ten- Tennessee, I mean, if you would have told me, if they would have been, you know, before that Bills game, if they were playing like, you know, up and down those first few weeks of the season after losing to the Jets, I 100% probably would have took the Colts on this game. I, these teams already played. I mean, I think these teams, these two teams played week three, Gledhill, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, they played week three. The Titans won 25 to 16. So they're already playing again. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, I, I did have them probably splitting at the beginning of the season, but you know what, Glenhill, I'm going to pick the Titans. I, I think Derek Henry and, and this offense has really opened up now. And surprisingly, their defense hasn't played that well, uh, hasn't played that bad. I mean, it's been banged up. I know Caleb Farley is now out for the year, so that's been a big loss for them. But man, they, you know, they had their way with the Chiefs, you know, only giving up three points. When's the last time you, you've heard that? The Chiefs giving up three points. Pretty sure that's the first time Patrick Mahomes hasn't scored a touchdown in his whole career. So, yeah, the Titans played really well. And, you know, I expected them to beat the Chiefs, but I thought it was going to be a higher scoring game. And, no, they they destroyed them. So, I'm going to say the Titans win 27-24, to game-winning field goal. Tough game on the road. Derek Henry will have his way. Lock it in. Who do you got? You know what? I, I'll do it. I'll agree with you. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I will. I'm going to do it. I, I just don't think... <sighs> I mean, you made a lot of great points. I don't think there's many reasons to bet against the Titans right now. And, and I know I mentioned Carson Wentz playing well the last few weeks. Um, that is true, but I just don't feel like Carson Wentz is like taking this team to the next level. You know? Yeah. Um, he's he's better than a game manager, but he's not like he's not going to carry your team by any means. So if that makes any sense, I think he's probably on the same level as like a Philip Rivers. Like, I don't think he's that much better this year than Philip Rivers was last year, you know? And then there's, of course there's the, the, you know, he plays a little bit of, he plays a little bit reckless. I do love the duo of him and Frank Reich. I think it's working. I think he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a starter. I'm not saying like, Oh, they got to move on from Carson Wentz um, right now where it feels, you know, feels like there's a little bit of a quarterback shortage and, you know, weak quarterback draft coming up and, you know, I not not a ton of guys that on the free agent market that you really want. Like you wouldn't want to replace him with like a Jimmy G or something. I would say, yeah. But I don't think he takes his team to the next level. And uh, I mean, just the way the Titans' offense is humming right now, and even even a defense, you know, on Tennessee side that you know while they have had some injuries and 
I think there were a lot of questions coming in, you know, their ability to get, generate a pass rush and uh, make key stops down the stretch. I think they've been able to do that um, recently. And uh, I, I just, I just have more confidence in the Titans right now. So while I do think this will be a pretty close game, I, I do think, you know, Tennessee is going to win like a 30 to 27 type of game. I just, I just have a lot of confidence in them right now. Sounds good. Yeah. I think the game will be close regardless division game. All right. Next game, we have the Philadelphia Eagles going on the road to play the Detroit Lions. Detroit has won three straight games versus the Philadelphia Eagles. 0-7, man. Played, like I said, we've talked about them playing competitive, but just haven't had the roster to get it done. Meanwhile, the Eagles, Miles Sanders is now out, and it's not like they were using him anyways. Nick Sirianni, 2-5. and five. This is actually Philadelphia's worst start since 1999, Bloodhill being 2-5. and five. So, they're, I mean, even if they've had some bad teams in the past, they've never started this poorly. And then Detroit's just trying to find, trying to find a way to win one game. Just one game, man. That's all they need is just one game. Oh man, Gledhill, is this the game that you're going to pick them and hope that it happens? Because it looks like the Eagles are only favored by three on the road. Or do you want me to start oh, this man. one? Uh, no, you started the last one. It's okay. My turn. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Oh yeah. Detroit's so desperate to win a game and they came into LA last week and, and huge credit for them. You know, just, I even texted you. I was like, they do not care right now. And I I'm <laughs> so, I love it, man. I, I love I love a losing team having that attitude of like we literally have nothing to lose. Another loss on our schedule, like it doesn't matter. Like we we need to come in this game, not you know we can't play not to lose another game. We got to play to freaking win this game, and we're gonna pull out all the stops and we're gonna throw the kitchen counter at you. That's definitely not the the, the right. It's the kitchen sink, I think. <laughs> we're, we're gonna throw the we're gonna throw the kitchen sink at you doing every fake punt and every onside kick in the book trying to win this game. And ultimately, you know, the, the LA Rams just are way more talented. I mean, on, on every level. And they ended up, you know, winning, winning the game at home as everyone expected. But, you know, it ended up being a closer game than some people might have thought um, just because of what the Lions were able to do. So, look, they're desperate to win a game. There is no doubt that these players play hard under Dan Campbell. I think, you know, the jury's still out on whether he's still going to work. But, you know, there, there's, this isn't like a type of thing where it's like, it's a catastrophe and, you know, Dan Campbell is going to be out after one season because he can't get it done. Um, I think this is a situation where we'll have to see on Dan Campbell, but there, there's no doubt that he is motivating these guys and he's having these guys play hard. And they've had some really, really tough losses. They've also laid a couple eggs in there. I think there was that bears game um, where, you know, I thought maybe that it would be their time to win and, and it, it didn't happen. There were a couple other times where maybe they didn't look so great. You know, Jared Goff's kind of been, you know, I think they, you know, they still need to see some more from him, uh, especially in the red zone. He's never been a great red zone quarterback, even even when he was with McVay. But uh, I, I just hope that the Lions have, have watered and fertilized this week. You know, I know that was a that was a big message that Nick Sirianni preached to the Eagles this week. I hope hope the Lions have been doing that because I, and I do know that the Eagles have been watering and fertilizing. So uh, I don't know if you saw that. I did not see it, but I'm going to have to go check it out because it sounds funny. You have to go see it. It's so funny. He, he made this whole, um, you know, we can talk about it again later, but he had this whole press conference where he was talking about, you know, he, he was like, compare, he was like, they're asking him what the message, his message to the team was. And he was talking about how, like, you know, he's, we went into this whole metaphor and spent like 10 minutes talking about, like, you got to water the plant every day to make it grow. And it's just like one oh of the more cliche, God. you know. Dude. Yeah, no, he's it, trying so hard. He's trying so hard to fit in, bro. I know it's bad optics. Doesn't look like he knows what he's talking about. 
I think he's a much better football coach than like he makes, you know, makes it seem like, you know, to the media. I think, you know, while the jury's still out on him, uh, I, I still, you know, there's no way he's an idiot. I mean, they hired the dude. Like he had to have a great interview somehow. Um, but boy, that, that looks bad, man. I, I don't know. Like he just said, shoot, there's yeah, no way I, he's an idiot. <laughs> anyways, anyways, it, it seems like it though at times. Um, anyways, I do think I'm going to, I'm going to go on, I'm going Lions this game. I just, I think it's their time to finally win a game. Uh, um, they're playing so hard and they're, they're coming up just short. They had that Ravens game, they had the, the Niners game. I think there was uh oh the, the Bengals game they laid a dud but yeah but the Bengals you know, they, are good yeah exactly um but there were a couple other games where they really played hard and I I just I mean, I'm not gonna say they have more momentum than the Eagles because the Eagles have at least won a little bit but nah the Lions are gonna win this game I'm gonna go 25 to 24 weird score but I think they're gonna get it done. <sighs> Gledhill, I'm not picking the Lions, and you know why. You know why. I can't pick them. I can't pick them unless they do it. I can't do it unless they do it. Because knowing me, knowing me, I'm going to pick the Lions to win, and they're going to lose. I can't do it. I'm going to pick Philadelphia to win. Uh, Philadelphia has at least looked decent at times. They're inconsistent. They looked bad last week, but guess what? I mean, they had a garbage time touchdown at the end of that game last week, but I think they're the better team, and the Lions will play competitive. They'll keep it close, but you know they're going to catch the Eagles on a, on a non-consistent day. A non inconsistent day, and they're they're gonna the Eagles are gonna win, man. This is like that lion. This is like that Lions Bears game a couple weeks ago, Gladhell, where you you and Preston were saying that the Lions were finally gonna win a game, and I said, nope, 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 not doing it. I'm picking Chicago, and I'm glad I stuck with it. So this is another game. I where will I'm like, say the bear, not, the, bear, the Bears are better than the Eagles, though. I'm confident in that. The Bears are a better football team. Oh today yeah. Than the Eagles. Oh for sure, for sure, no doubt. But that was also a division game too, so you never know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm picking the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles. I'll say Eagles win. God, I, I think this game will be pretty competitive. We'll say Eagles win 24 to 21. They're favored by three. I th- I'll say they win by exactly three. But I hope the Lions win. Shoot, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, especially a game where we don't know if Dak Prescott's going to play or not, and if they he and if he doesn't doesn't end up playing and the Vikings end up winning, okay, we can afford a loss because say the Eagles lose to the Lions. The football team could lose to the Broncos. That game is a coin flip as well. And then the Giants are most likely going to get outscored by the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. So if there was any game that Dak Prescott could rest, and we'll talk about this when we get to the Cowboys game, and we could afford to lose, that would be the game that would be okay. So, I, I mean, for, for our sake and, and the division's sake and having that big lead, the, I hope the Lions win. I will be rooting for the Lions, but I'm going to stick with the Eagles to on, on my pick to win. Next game, we have another tough one here, Gledhill. This one can also be another coin flip. We have the San Francisco 49ers going on the road to put the Chicago Bears. Chicago, fewer than 200 passing yards in each game this season. Only team in the NFL. But good news, Gledhill, Matt Nagy is not calling the play tonight. It will be Bill Lazor again. And we saw how dynamic their offense can be when it's not Matt Nagy controlling it. So 49ers, tough game. A tough game against the Colts. I talked about that. That, be- that bad weather benefited the Colts more. And 49ers have now lost four straight. So... They're favored by four and a half on the road here, Gledhill. Since you picked the last one, I guess it's my turn to pick this one. I'm going to go with an upset, Gledhill. I'm going to pick the Chicago Bears at home to win this game. I'm going to pick the Chicago Bears to win this game at home. It's a gamble. I like the fact that Bill Lazor's calling these plays. And, you know, I I, I don't think Chicago is that bad of a team. I think NFL nags on them too much. But I, I like their defense, you know, the ability to get pressure. I think Jimmy G is going to be very 
you know, he, he's a pocket passer and the Chicago bears have, have been able to get to the quarterback a lot this season. They are, have the most sacks in the NFL right now with 26. They know how to get to the quarterback. And I just think being in Chicago, I, you know, the 49ers, they're due for a win, man. After four straight, I thought they should have beat the Colts, but man, that was just tough game there. And I'm going to take an upset. This is probably my upset of the week right here. Go Give me the bears. Give me the bears to win this game, a low scoring game. I think I like the defense this game. I think they're going to find a way to limit Jimmy G, cause some turnovers, and I think the Bears are going to win. Let's go ugly scoring game here. We'll go the Bears win 22 to 17. Who do you got? All right. Well, we're going to differ here because I, I also, I, I agree this was going to be a close, low scoring game, kind of an ugly football game. If you like watching defense, I'd say definitely tune into this game. I think it's going to come down to which team runs the ball better. This will probably be what Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, right? So two young quarterbacks. Is Jimmy G out again? No, is, I think I never I think, know. I think Jimmy G's playing. Yeah, Jimmy G's playing. Okay, we well, got a rookie quarterback who has been turning the ball over a little bit. Justin Fields has been a little turnover prone here early on. That they have a horrible line. I trust the coaching of Kyle Shanahan a little bit more. Um, I, I just feel like the the 49ers will be able to do a little bit more on the offensive side of the football. And I think their defense will make a couple stops as well down the stretch. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers on the road. Don't feel too great about this. I know, you know, the 49ers aren't playing too well. You know, maybe had a little bit more faith in them, you know, coming into this year than, you know, I should have. But, you know, they have had some injuries this year as well. Uh, and you never know week to week with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he seems to get injured every other week and just isn't his play is pretty inconsistent too. And I don't really know what they're doing with the whole Trey Lance thing. Like, you know, they, they don't feel like they're ready to give it over to him yet. Like he's ready to start. But then again, like they definitely want to get him in there to get some reps. But, you know, they're also trying to win some games. And then you don't really know about their defense. And uh, the 49ers are kind of just a confusing team right now. I don't know where they're at. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they're not like a horrible team. But, you know, and the Bears are kind of in the same position where it's like you, you gave it over to Justin Fields, but you don't know if he's ready yet. You got Andy Dalton on the sideline and you got, you know, bad old line, but a pretty good defense. And you got the whole Matt Nagy situation. You know, it doesn't it seem, doesn't seem like he's going to make it after this year. You know, you got the whole Ryan Pace thing up in the office. So I, I think you got two teams here that are kind of, you know, you don't really know what you're going to expect from them week to week. So that's that's what make this, makes this one of the tougher games to pick. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll, um, I'll differ from you here. I'll give the slight edge to the 49ers. I think it's going to be like, weird like 24 to 22 or something like we're gonna see a weird game yeah i thought it was gonna be a weird game too but i mean i honestly this is probably like a win in doubt pick the home team type of pick for me so i'm not very confident as well but since i picked the eagles and you picked the lions i mean shoot if the eagles win that game and i get that pick well this is a pick that you can get back for me too so we'll call it even there all right next game we have the carolina panthers going on the road to play the atlanta falcons christian mccaffrey's gonna be out again so that doesn't help this Panthers offense. Man, the Panthers have just been such a disappointment, Gledhill. I mean, the fact that they lost that bad to the Giants, the Giants, the Giants, I mean, all that faith in Sam Darnold is just kind of flushed down the toilet now. He's back to his own self. He's back to seeing Ghost. And man, it's just got to be disappointing for, for Panthers fans. I mean, Sam Darnold, you know, after starting the season so hot, those first three games, the defense looking promising. And then, you know, all of a sudden freaking... Robbie Anderson ends up being a dud for them. Can't catch a ball to save his life. DJ Moore, as good as he's been playing at times, he has bad drops as well. And then you got Christian McCaffrey, who's just uh, hasn't been able to see in the field because he, you know, he's always hurt. So, you know, that makes for an interesting uh, game. You know, the Falcons are just a team that, 
you know, they're starting to look like they're putting some things together. This is a team that I thought we were going to see coming into the year. I think they were going to, I had them being about what, like a seven and 10, eight and nine team, borderline 500 team, but just not enough to, to be a, a consistent playoff team. And I think that's what we're seeing so far for them. Kyle Pitts has finally opened up in this offense, and that's been really good for me and my fantasy team. And finally got rid of Sam Donald too. So Glad Hope, because of the, all the inconsistency and everything, and, and I know I know I know it's your turn to pick, but I'm just gonna get this game out of the way because it's not really a hard one for me, anyways. So I'll, I might have you pick two in a row here after this, but because of that, I'm I'm just gonna take the I'm gonna take the Falcons. I think being at home, I think they're the Panthers are just kind of taking a downward spiral. The fact that Sam Darnold was playing that bad and they brought PJ Walker in, I mean, just a lot of trust issues right now. It's just too much of a gamble to pick the Panthers. They're a mess right now and. They've just been one of the more disappointing teams after starting so hot. So the Falcons are favored by three, and I'm going to take them. I'm going to take the Falcons to win. Let's go. The Falcons put up 28 to the Panthers, 23. Who do you got? What I can't believe is that the Falcons win this game. They will be uh, an above 500 football team. That's kind of surprising to me. Like, I understand the last two games were against the Jets and the Dolphins, you know, so it was, it was, it was a good opportunity for them. And, you know, the new coach, Arthur Smith, to figure it out, you know, on the offensive side of the football. There's no doubt they're going to score in this game. And there's no doubt that Sam Darnold, I, I don't know how much I can defend him anymore because he's just, he seems to have a, a couple turnovers every single game. And I mean, their defense is okay, but it's not anything like super special. Like they're not an elite defense, but they got some good pieces. And then there's also some questions on their O line and then not having McCaffrey. I love Matt Rule, but I just don't think this team is particularly special. And they, and they started out well. But man, I can't believe, you know, they would drop to three and five if they lose this game. That's kind of surprising to me. I mean, what, did, didn't they start three and one? Isn't they started three uh, and zero. Oh. They did start three and zero. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Would they lose five straight games? I feel like they're due for a win, but like. But dude, okay. I, I, don't, I, I would say I that see, too, but look how bad they played against the Giants. How do you only put up three points against the Giants? I know, I know. But then again, it's like, are they really that bad? I don't think they are. I mean, they, they shouldn't be that yeah, bad. You have that great comeback against the Vikings where they, you know, they pu- push it to overtime and the Vikings are a good team. You know, what a weird team, man, because they blew out the Saints and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, and I know the Saints aren't anything special, but still to blow them out. I mean, that, that wasn't expected. Um, had an easy game versus the Texans. I mean, no, e- there's no easy games, but I think that, you know, the Texans were pretty bad. And then, you know, they held their own against Dallas. Tough one against the Eagles. Yeah, man. Ah, they've already lost four straight. They've like quietly lost four straight. I didn't even realize they've lost four straight. They were all pretty close games up until that Giants game where they laid it dud. And it's not getting easier. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They got the Patriots coming up. That's never easy. They got the Cardinals after that. That's an L. Washington, you never know. You know, so the next couple weeks are going to be kind of rough too. Do I think they steal a win? Hmm. It's looking like you're leaning towards them, Glad Hill. Oh man, I don't know, dude. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give me five seconds and I'll and I'll make my pick. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am gonna go. Oh man, I'm gonna go Panthers. I think they're gonna get it done. Oh I think my they're gonna god! Wow. I think they have a comeback game. Yeah, I think I think they do. I think they have a comeback game. Man, you Panthers really you play. really hate picking the Falcons. I know you do that. I know you hate picking them. We'll go 20 
26 to 23. Yeah, we'll do it. Wow. Glad Hill, this is this could be a really bad week or a really good week for you. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. I'm not confident. <laughs> you haven't been That's confident. I, hey, we there's been a lot of these games we haven't been confident. Let's move on. But I think we could both be confident in this game right here, Gladhill. We have the Dolphins going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's won six six straight games versus Miami. They scored 30 plus points games in each of those games. And they shut them out last time. They was like, what? It was like 35 to nothing last time. Shut them out. Bills are favored by 14 here at home. That was in Miami. Tua got hurt. Now I kind of feel bad for him because, you know, you know, as bad as the Dolphins have been this year, I mean, Tua's kind of been getting a lot of the blame and he hasn't played bad. Like he has not played bad at all. And I'm not going to go in there and say like Tua has been like the reason that they have lost because he hasn't been their defense has been their defense was one of the best in the league last year, like borderline top 10. And it just hasn't been the same defense. And then, and then their offensive line has just been sus too. So because of that and, and because of everything, I just think the Bills and the Bills are due for a win. Coming off a bye, had that dud versus the the Titans there on Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago, and they should have won that game. But like I said, I respected that they knew that Derrick Henry was possibly going to get the ball back in OT. You don't want to, and you don't want to, he's been running all over our defense. We're going for the win here, right? Because we're that confident. And they just came up a little bit short. So the Bills, I mean, they're still a top five team. Let's not get it twisted. They're still going to be one of the AFC favorites. And I still think that they're probably the best team in that, that conference. So they're coming off a bye. They're finally, they're going to bounce back and they're going to get a dominant win over the dolphins here. I think, you know, I don't think it'll be a shout out like last time, but I think the bills will win pretty comfortably. So I say the Buffalo wins, let's go 30 to 17. Who do you got? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I like what you said about Tua. He hasn't been playing bad. We have that preconception, you know, preconception like, oh, he's not, you know, he, he's too small and his, his arm, you know, doesn't have enough arm strength and can't get the ball down the field. Um, he's been okay. He's done enough to, you know, allow this team to win games. You know, and, and you mentioned their defense not looking great. The, the, the problem that Tua has is that he is in the same, and we'll see in this game, you know, going up against Josh Allen. The problem with Tua is that he isn't going to be in the same division with Josh Allen for the next you know, 10, 15 years, if he's the guy in Miami. And that's, that would be the reason why the, the, the Dolphins wouldn't stick with him. They're comparing him to Josh Allen, and they're like, okay, how are we going to beat the Bills the next 15 years going up against Josh Allen? How are we going to beat him? With, how are we going to beat that team with Tua as, as our quarterback? Because he, he can't beat Josh Allen in a shootout. He just can't. He's not nearly as, as talented. You know, and I, and I like Tua. I think he's a good leader. I think he he really takes the game. He, you know, he has a lot of really good qualities, but I mean, he's going to be compared to Josh Allen naturally because he's in the same division as him and, and they're going to play each other twice a year. And so if you're the Dolphins, you got to have a guy who's at least comparable. Now to find another Josh Allen, you know, coming up in the next couple of drafts or something, that's going to be really tough. You know, you, you only get a guy like him, you know, once in a while, you know, you know, once, you know, maybe once a decade or something. And you got to, you got to develop them too. You can't just, draft him and then oh there you go you know Josh Allen was not a plug and play guy the Bills did a great job developing him too and, and and the Bills are a big reason why he's having so much success but uh yeah that's that's the issue with Tua you know and then if Mac Jones really pans out with New England which he's been playing well he's, he's getting compared with getting compared to Josh Allen and Mac Jones and he, he he's not nearly as talented you know and we'll see with Zach Wilson too but yeah so that that's that's the issue with Tua is just that upside but um I think in this game, obviously, you're going to take – I mean, the Bills are the obvious pick here. And, and I agree. They are, I think they are the best team in the AFC right now. 
I, I, they are they are my favorites to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC right now. So I'll, I'll go I'll go forty to sixteen. All right, sounds good. Let's go ahead and move on into the next game. We have the New England Patriots going on the road to play the LA Chargers. New England has won five straight games versus the LA Chargers. Bill Belichick has seemed to always own the Chargers, Gledhill. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like the Chargers can never beat the freaking Patriots. It just, it just it like they never, and that was back in the Anthony Lynn era. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but they would just always fail to make adjustments. We saw that in the playoff game a couple of years ago when the Chargers went 12 and four. And they were the fifth seed wildcard because the Chiefs had won that division. And they go and play Belichick in the freaking divisional round. And they make no adjustments at all. And they get destroyed like 48 to like 10 or something like that. It was awful. That was back when they saw Phillip Rivers. And then last year, you know, when the Chargers were starting to put a little, you know, a little bit of promise to Justin Herbert and the rookie sensation. And then, and the Patriots are struggling with COVID cam and everything. And I I was like, okay, the Chargers are probably going to win this game. And no, the Patriots go in there and they destroy them. So it's like, Man, like the Chargers just have not been able to figure out the Patriots and haven't been able to figure out Belichick. But obviously, Brandon Staley is a different coach now. He's been a lot more ballsy than Anthony Lynn. The amount of times that he's gone for it on fourth down has been insane. Like this dude has that much confidence in Justin Herbert. He has that much confidence in that offense. And and he's not afraid to go for it. Even if it's like fourth and eight, fourth and 10, he'll go for it if he has to. And, you know, that Ravens game where they got completely smacked. I mean, he, he, he was a little reckless. I, I will say he went for it inside his own like 20 yard line when they were already getting blown out by like 20 points. So that wasn't smart. He made the score even more worse, but you know, Chargers coming off a bye looks like they might've figured some things out. You would hope, but in this game, I mean, just know that the Patriots have always had their way. Belichick has always had his way with the Chargers, uh, but obviously a new coach, new quarterback, everything is a little bit different. And the Chargers are coming in back at home, coming off the bye, favored by four points. Glad hell. We talked about the Patriots massacring the Jets. All right, let's see. Yeah, I picked the last two games, so it's your turn to pick. Who do you got in this game? Like I said, Chargers are favored by four. Ooh, um, I'm going to go Chargers in this game. Like you mentioned, you know, making the coaching change to Anthony Lynn, uh, or no, from Anthony Lynn to Brandon Staley. They've been better on the defensive side of the ball. I think this is definitely a playoff team, a team that I think can win the NFC West. I think with the way the Broncos, you know, the Broncos have been looking, I, I think they are still better than the Raiders. And obviously the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs don't look like they're going to win this division. So I think I think the Chargers are that team this year. I think they will end up being a three or four seed in the AFC. Uh, and they'll be competitive. And But this is a big game for them. And this is a big game for the Patriots too. So interested to see how it plays out. But yeah, my gut's telling me Chargers. I just think they, I think they have a better team overall. And you know, I think I think the Patriots done a lot of, you know, beating up on, on poor teams. You know, the, the, uh, the AFC East is not that great this year. I mean, outside of the Bills and, you know, I mean, they're, they're very weak at the bottom with the Dolphins and, and Jets. So. You know, if the Patriots are playing, those two teams will beat up on them. But I think when they're going up against a good team like the Chargers, I think they'll keep it close. Um, they might have, the, you know, they might have the coaching advantage, but the Chargers are more talented, and I think they're going to get it done, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Ah, you know, I thought about it, Glad Hill, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it safe. I, I, I don't want to have a bad weekend picks. So I've already picked some couple uh, crazy ones, especially with the Bears game and and the Eagles. You know, beating the Lions as you know as much as I think they will win that game. You know, you never know with the freaking Eagles and the Lions. So yeah, I'm, I, I need a game where I, I should probably just pick the favorite and not get too crazy. I don't want to fall behind here. So I'm going to take the, but take the safe pick. I think coming off the bye, I like the way the Patriots have been playing as of recent. I won't be surprised if they win this game, but I expect the, the Chargers to win a close game. I think the Patriots will be able to run the ball effectively. I mean, you got to give the, the Patriots credit, Mac Jones and everything. I mean, they've been playing a lot better recently and 
you know, they're actually in the top five, Glad Hill, with teams with the highest percentage of drives ending with offensive points. They're up there so that they're up there with a 46.7% chance. So they're able to score the ball and the, and the Chargers rushing defense has not been that great. So I will think Damian Harris will be able to have his way in the run game and Belichick will be able to dial up a good game plan. But I think Justin Herbert has a bounce back game and I think the Chargers are just a better team. So, oh, Chargers, please don't let me down. I'm picking y'all. This is another game. I don't know why I'm not confident in it, but when in doubt, pick the team that's home and pick the team that's favorite. Not like there's home field anyways for the Chargers, but oh man, pick the Chargers and we'll say, what did you say? You said 27-21. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll say that this Chargers score 30 to the Patriots 26. I think it'll be a little bit higher scoring. I think this one could be a fun one. Next game, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. Gledhill, I'm going to go ahead and give this AIDS game of the week. I mean, Trevor Lawrence versus Geno Smith and the Seahawks being two and five now. I just think this is going to be an ugly one. I mean, I know we saw that game on Monday night versus the Saints. I mean, what what was it? 13 to 10 or something like that? Like Seattle's, you know, without Russell Wilson, they're just not a fun team to watch at all. There's nothing to be exciting about. There, there's really not. Their defense is terrible. I mean, yeah, you have D- DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but you know, with Geno Smith, their offense is just so limited. And you got Chris Carson's been out too. So you got Alex Collins. Like this just has AIDS game of the week written all over it. Seattle's 20 points or fewer in three straight games too. First time since 2014. I'm going to go ahead and give this AIDS game of the week. And I don't know if you agree with it, but that's, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty fair assessment that it's AIDS game of the week. Because Seah- Seahawks are coming in at home, though, favored by four and a half. Gledhill, since I picked the last two and... I, I said I was going to give you two in a row. So who are you going to pick in this game? Seattle's favorite by four. Oh, should I take two upsets this week? Should You've I already been, hey, be careful. You've already been picking some reckless gains, man. I know. Oh, my goodness. Here's a thing that I thought about. When I was looking at this schedule this week, I already had the Lions picked. That, that was going to be for sure. This Jaguars-Seahawks, I was a little bit unsure about that. But I told you earlier in the week I was really considering picking the, the Jaguars in this game. Um, I thought to myself, I was like, when is the last time the Jaguars and the Lions have won in the same week? I'm trying to think of the last time that's happened. Did it happen last year? Did it happen the year before that? Has it been a couple of years? I know the Jaguars had that Saxonville team, but the Lions were still bad that year. I feel like it's been at least a couple of years since that happened. And I think it's going to happen in the same week. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah, I'm taking the Jaguars in this game. Oh, God. Uh, we're going reckless. We're playing with fire. No, we're not playing with fire. We're playing. We're we're playing with like the largest flame available that's out there. That doesn't make any sense, but we're, we're playing with it. We're uh, we're gonna have a good time this week, and we're gonna we're gonna go upset. Jaguars are winning. Hey, look, I understand the memes. I understand the whole Urban Meyer thing. It's hilarious. I love joking about it. I was about to wear the I was about to wear the Urban Meyer outfit for Halloween, but you know I decided not. I decided to go something else. A little bit more traditional, but I definitely thought about it. I think the Jaguars are playing better football, and I think I think I think they're doing good things with uh, with Trevor Lawrence there. And I think he's uh, you know the Seahawks defense is depleted. I don't think they're that great, and I think Trevor Lawrence is, is bound to you know head up to Seattle and have have a solid day. And I think he's got a couple pretty good receivers. Well, I wouldn't say they have that good, great of a defense. I think I think they'll make some plays. You know, they're going up against Geno Smith. Who, yeah, he's definitely a serviceable backup. He's a he's a good quarterback. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in Geno Smith. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to do it. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Jaguars upset on the road. This is like the low point of the Pete Carroll era. And I think uh, I think in Seattle they're going to have conversations like, okay, like we may need to move on here. 
this may not be our guy anymore. Yeah, he's won a Super Bowl, but I mean that was that was in you know due in large part to their defense. Uh, you know, Dan Quinn run, running the defense there, and, and and Russell Wilson too. So you're playing really well, you know, at, at a young age. So yeah, I'm going. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll stop it here, but I'm going to go Jaguars. Let's go twenty nine to twenty six. I'm not going to let you get away with what you just said, Glenn. I'm not going to let you get away with it. You said the Jaguars are playing good football. You were only saying that not because they won their football? first. Game. They're not. Oh no, you said I said better. better football. You said better I, football. I, okay, better they won. They, they won a game against the Dolphins. All right, congratulations. They won their. They won. They got their one game-winning field goal against the Dolphins. All right, they're still a bad football team. This this football team still sucks. Okay, if the Seahawks yeah, lose, I'm, I'm just saying they're playing better football than they were at the beginning of the year. The okay, Seahawks are not. That's the fair. Seahawks are not but, playing that much better, but they still suck. They still, they, they still. Do, okay, they do suck. And I'm not saying they're like a playoff team that they're going to go on. Oh, okay, I never run. said that. But if okay, all I got to say is if Pete Carroll loses his game to the Jaguars at home, I don't. I mean, I understand that they're depleted, but they're still at least good enough to beat the Jaguars. If you lose to the Jaguars at home, you should be fired. I'm going to say that's that right it. now. You should be fired if you lose this game. I don't care if you have Geno Smith as your quarterback. You should still be competent enough to win this game. I've already I've talked about Pete Carroll being outdated and being overrated, and his time's coming to an end, but this is the last straw right here. If you, if you lose this game, oh, man, Pete Carroll, you are on my fire list. Like, get the hell out of Seattle, man. You had your two Super Bowl runs, which you, you screwed up not running the ball that one time, but you, you won your Super Bowl. It's it's over, man. It's over. The Legion of Boom is done. Russell Wilson can't save you forever. All right, it's time yeah. to move on. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll, what I'll add real quick is I agree with all that. There's a little bit of strategy to this uh, this pick. The, the the picks, you know, the the Jaguars and the Lions. I think I think one of the upsets will for sure happen. That's fair. I think one. I think one of the two will happen. I just don't know which one. So I'm gonna pick both of them. And you know we're gonna go wild <laughs> this week. Yeah, bro, you are going wild, man. Okay, so either like by the end of this like week, I'm gonna be way behind you, or I'm gonna be a couple games ahead. I guess we'll see and fi- we'll find out. I mean, you're still one game ahead of me, we'll so find out. <sighs> yeah, well, obviously, I'm picking the Seahawks. AIDS game of the week. You know, I, I feel like a good AIDS game of the week score. Gledhill is twenty to seventeen. Isn't that like such a perfect AIDS game of the week score? Twenty to it seventeen. Really like it's not like an awful game, like an awful score, but it's not really like an exciting game either. So 20 to 17, Seahawks win. Why not? Next game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans has won five straight games versus Tampa Bay. You know, this is an interesting matchup just because, you know, last year when these two teams played, first week of the season, they played week one and everyone was like, okay, you know, Tom Brady, this team, you know, he's playing Tampa Bay, new team, new system. It's going to take them a little bit to figure some things out. The safe bet is to pick Drew Brees and the Saints. So we all picked that to win that game and they won that game. Then they played again later in the season, week nine. I think it was week nine. It was later on in the season. Everyone's like, okay, Tampa Bay's figured some things out, had a couple blowout wins here and there. The Saints have kind of been up and down. This is going to be an easy win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? They're going to bounce back. They're going to even the score with the Saints. Tom Brady's figured it out. They're going to win this game. But guess what? They got smacked again. So the Saints just had their number last year. I now will say Tampa Bay won when it mattered the most. Not only did they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I said until the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying like they won the Super Bowl. That's all that matters. And they won in the playoffs when it mattered. So, but the regular season, it just seems like the Saints had their number all last year. And, you know, they beat them 38 to three that game. I'm pretty sure both teams at different spots now. Gledhill, does that make you want to pick another upset this week? It looks like uh, Tampa Bay's favored by four on the road. 
Uh, but it is my pick. You know what? I'll go ahead. No, I'm not going to do it. This is a different year, different team. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's been playing outstanding. I saw this stat, Gledhill, last week. It was like, it was when he was playing the Bears and they were blowing them out. Tom Brady has never had, okay, so that game versus the Bears, he had six straight incompletions tied for his career high. Isn't that crazy? Six straight incompletions. So this whole time, his whole career, his 22-year career, Tom Brady has never thrown more than six incompletions in a row in a game. That's just like absurd. He's 44 years old and he's just, it's like, he's getting better, man. Leading the league in passing yards on pace to breaking Peyton Manning's passing yard record. Like Tom Brady's just, he's insane, man. Like there's really no, obviously he's the goat, but uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the only interesting storyline about this game was the whole, like uh, the whole Bitcoin thing with uh, Tom Brady getting the, you know, the 600 touchdown ball and the fan catching the ball. Cause Mike Evans gave it to him and Tom Brady ended up getting the, the ball back from him. And, you know, he got his ball. And, and then the, the fan was ended up getting two signed jerseys and a helmet from Brady, one signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats, 1,000 of the Bucks team store, two season tickets for this year and next year, and one Bitcoin. So, I mean, yeah, he got some things in return, but at the end of the day, it's not enough for how much that ball was worth. So, you know, I thought that was kind of cool last week, you know, that dude able to catch the ball and Tom Brady getting it back. I mean, I mean, that was the only interesting thing I had to talk about for that in that standpoint. In terms of this game, I think Tampa Bay is going to have their way with this game. Now, I do give credit to Jameis Winston and the Saints defense. They played outstanding versus Seattle. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was 13 to 10. And, you know, they didn't do anything offensively that made me go, whoa, like the Saints. I mean, their defense just played good enough to shut down the Seahawks in the end of that game. And their offense just had to be competent with Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, that was pretty much it. Alvin Kamara had like 100 receiving yards in the first half. And then after that, he slowed down. So I, I don't think the Saints are going to be able to score that many points as they were opposed to last year. And I think Tom Brady's going to finally, finally going to get that win versus him in the regular season. So I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game. Close game though. I think it will be close just because the Saints and the Buccaneers always have close games. It's just, you're just bound to see it happen. Um, and I, I could see this game, you know, I could see the Buccaneers starting a little slow and the Saints maybe having a, like a, a, a early lead, but I think Tampa Bay will figure it out. And hopefully Antonio Brown should be coming back this week because, okay, he's actually ruled out again. So that's not good. But Mike Evans, you know, broke out last week. Chris Godwin's been playing good. And I think Gronkowski's still on injured reserve too with the ribs. So yeah, there's still a lot of doubt that he plays today too. But either way, I think Tampa Bay will figure it out. And I got Tampa Bay winning. Let's go, let's go 27 to 20. Who do you got? Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I just I think this is a different year, like you said. And I have no reason to doubt the Buccaneers right now. And I think there's an argument that they're the best team in football again, which is pretty shocking. I mean, not not shocking, but it's 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 pretty remarkable, and uh, it, it's it's fun to see. You know, I, I hope. You know, I, I think right now, if I were to pick, a, you know, the Super Bowl matchup, I'd probably go Bucks versus Bills. You know, things will change throughout the season. You know, injuries may happen. You know, teams are going to get hot and cold, but there's no reason to bet against the goat right now, and there's really not a lot of reason to believe in the Saints, especially on the offensive side of the football. Like, I just I think there's a lot of questions there. Alvin Kamara is the whole offense. That's about it. Like, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Jameis right now. So, um, we're going to go 33 to 20. All right, sounds good. Oh, my God. Here we go. Another tough one, Glad Hell. We have the Washington football team going on the road to play the Denver Broncos. This game wouldn't have been that tough to pick a couple weeks ago, but now Denver has won four, or has lost four straight, similar to the Panthers after starting 3-0. Washington, 4-12 versus non-divisional opponents since 2020. 
they were holding their own versus uh, Green Bay last week, but they just couldn't finish in the red zone. They they just couldn't finish in the red zone. They had five red zone trips last week and didn't score one time at all. So that's a problem right there. Heineke's been able to run the football very well, but as a as a passer, he you know he's been overthrowing receivers. I saw a game versus McLaurin where he just overthrew him in the end zone. Like he, I think it's safe to say that Heineke's not that guy, right? I mean, I think we all know that he's not the franchise guy. Washington has to do something this offseason, whether it's a trade, whether it's, you know, maybe trying to draft Matt Corral, because I think he's going to be the safest bet at quarterback this year, even though it's a weaker class. I think Corral is going to be a beast, but Washington's got some things to figure out, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Heineke, because he's not that guy. I mean, he's talented, but he's just not a franchise guy. And I'm just going to tell you that right now. If anybody actually believes he's a franchise guy, you're wrong. He's just not. I mean, watch him play. He's not a franchise guy. He has, I mean, he's, he has some moments, but He's he's athletic. He has some moments. He has a great story, you know. You know, with his dad passing and 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 him going to Old Dominion, and then as Gladhill was saying a couple weeks ago, him sleeping or is it, maybe it was his couch or his sister couch or something. I don't know. E- either way, he has a really good story, but he's just not that guy. He's not that franchise guy. And Washington's got to figure out some some things out. But so does Denver. Denver Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's good. He's a good serviceable quarterback, but. He, Again, not a franchise guy. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to, I don't know what they're going to do, but they just haven't been able to, you know, kind of pull that trigger at the quarterback position in the last few years. And then all the guys that they have tried have either been bust or, or just been guys that have only been good for them for a couple games or so. So they've just been experimenting a lot. I mean, this is another game. could be a running for AIDS game of the week, but I, I don't think it's as quite as bad as the Jaguars and Seahawks game, in my opinion, without Russell Wilson. So I guess it's, uh, I guess it's my turn to pick now, Gledhill, I guess. Is it, is it my turn to pick or is it your Go turn? for it. Okay. Go for it. So it looks like Denver is favorite by four at, on the road or three and a half. It's one or the other. I don't know. Either way, it's a, it's a closer spread. Glad how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick the Washington football team to win. I don't like the way Denver has been playing. The fact that they couldn't take advantage of a depleted Broncos or Browns team at home. I mean, mile high. Yeah. Maybe if you want to pick the Broncos, I can't blame you, but. I just think Washington's been more competitive and I think Denver's kind of trending on a, on a little bit of a downward spiral here. So I think the main thing is, is the defensive line matchup. I think Teddy Bridgewater has been getting, been getting pressured a lot in these games. And I think Washington opposes a, a big threat for him on that offensive side of the, um, on the defensive side of the ball to their offensive line. So, you know, the fact that they had five red zone trips last week against Green Bay, were able to convert in any of them. That lets me know that they're going to have a bounce back game. And they're going to play much better this week with Heineke. I just think Denver Broncos are starting to be like that team that's kind of being back to average. And I think Washington's going to find a way to win this game. We'll say that Washington bounced back. They score 26 to Denver's 23. Close game. Man, the, the Broncos have taken a dive, man. We are so high on them. Um, yeah, they have taken a dive. I mean, yeah, they started 3-0. and And you know, yeah, it was against three lousy opponents I mean, in the grand scheme of things. but Yeah, they beat um, the three worst teams in football at the time. Right. I think, I think, I think at the time they had a combined record of 0 and 9. Yeah. Taking the Washington football team. That may surprise you. You're taking the Washington football team? Hold on. Oh, I lost you for a second. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. Um, so you're taking the football team, though? I am. It might surprise you. It really it might surprise you. You might think that, oh, I want to, you know, change things up again and, and differ from you. I think the Washington football team's a safer pick in this game. I love what you said, man. I, I do think that they were able to get the ball down the field. They have the pieces on offense to do really well. It's just really a question of whether, you know, Heineke can limit the mistakes or not. And I think that is, you know, that can be somewhat of a question sometimes. But I do think they have those pieces this year. 
And I think their defense can be serviceable, at least, you know, definitely up front. They're, they, they're really solid. Um, and I, I do think they'll get after Bridgewater. You know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. A little bit of a hot take. Teddy Bridgewater is going to have more turnovers today than Taylor Heineke. Um, okay. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Hot take. I think the Broncos defense is a little overrated. We've seen them struggle a little bit. And, and the fact that they weren't able to take advantage of the, you know, depleted Browns team and, and win that game. I mean, that shows me a lot of red flags right there. Look, this is a this is though this is a big game. I think Ron Rivera is pretty secure. Took the game, took the team to the playoffs last year. You know, a much more reputable coach than Vic Fangio. I I'm going to say I think Vic Fangio. I, I think he's definitely on the hot seat. I think this is a big game for him. He's got to get this team back on track. Uh, if it doesn't happen this week, you know, when is it going to happen? Because the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. You know, they they could you know they still have Mahomes. They could they could beat you up. You know, they still got the Raiders. They still got the. They still got to play the Chargers. I mean, already lost to the Raiders once too. Right. Yeah. You, you got some tough division games coming up too. This this would be a great opportunity to steal a win against a team that you know I think a lot of people are uncertain about. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm taking the football team. We're going to go thirty to twenty one. There we go, Gledhill. I like it. I like it because I know a lot of people have picked the Broncos this week based on some of the people that already sent me their picks. So this could be a game that we can get on them. We'll see what happens. Next game, we have Monday Night Football. We have the New York Giants going the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City has allowed 32.3 points per game at home this season. We already talked about the Chiefs, man. Their defense is so bad, and Patrick Mahomes literally has to be perfect, and he has not been perfect. But the NFL still fails to to show that Mahomes has not played good. I mean, I, I just think you got to admit it at some point that he's just not played good enough and he has to be perfect. I mean, it's not really his fault at some times, but other times it is his fault. So just been inconsistent. And I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be in panic mode. You have to be in panic mode. I mean, it's been a tough stretch for Patrick Mahomes. He leads the NFL with nine interceptions. That is tied with Zach Wilson. He has six, six straight games with a pick. That's the longest of his career. 16 interceptions in 16 games. He had two turnovers against the Titans last week, and they were down 27 to no at halftime. So they just haven't been able to figure a lot of things out right now. Their defense has been that bad. Mahomes is, like I said, he has to literally play perfect for them to win games. And unless it's against a team, he they know that they cannot score them. Like like the football team, they knew they weren't going to outscore them, so they beat them. You know, blowing them out. The Eagles game, they knew the Eagles weren't going to outscore them. And then the other one that they had was against the Browns week one, which they looked a little bit different. It was week one, still a lot of things figuring out. The Browns were in position to win that game and then Baker threw that pick. So yeah, the, the Chiefs have not beat a good team at all this year. If you just unless you're counting that week one win versus the Browns, but it was week one, like we said. So yeah, I think if you're a Chiefs fans, you need to be in panic mode. You should be in panic mode. They're three and four. They're 32nd in turnovers, 32nd in total points allowed, 32nd in yards allowed, 32nd in yards per play allowed, 31st in passing yards allowed, 31st in receiving yards allowed, 31st in rushing yards allowed, and 32nd in first downs allowed. This team is not a good football team. I'm going to say it right now, Gledhill. I know with Mahomes, they always have a chance, but I'm going to say right now, the Chiefs are not a good football team right now. And, you know, the Giants, they they had a uh, they had a really good win against the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers are taking a downward spiral right now, but I mean, the fact that they were able to go in there, Daniel Jones has been playing a lot better, even without Saquon. Kadarius Tony, hopefully he comes back for my fantasy team and he'll wreck this Chiefs defense if he does. But Gledhill, this is another case for me, which, and I'm going to pick this game first because like I said, this is not another hard game for me to pick. This is another case of the Chiefs playing a bad team. They have only beaten bad football teams so far to this point, minus the week one win. And I think this is a situation where 
they know they're going to at least outscore this bad team in the Giants. So that's why I'm going to pick them. It's, it's, I mean, they already played most of the NFC East. They still got to play the Cowboys, but same instance with the Eagles. They knew they were going to outscore the Eagles. They knew they were going to outscore the football team. And I think they know they're going to score, outscore the Giants without Saquon and those injured receivers. So because of that reason, I say the the Chiefs bounce back. They have their way with the Giants and they win. Let's go 33 to 22. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I see both teams put points on the board. I think this is going to be like a 34 to 31 type of game where the Chiefs just edge out the Giants because they can score a couple more points than them. You know, this isn't going to be a win where we're like, oh, the Chiefs are back. You know, oh, they're playing well. No, this is just like you said, you know, beating a bad football team. But, uh, you know, I'm not ready to pick the Giants right now in this game. Um, you know, maybe maybe what they showed, you know, against the, the Panthers last week is what's to come. Maybe their defense is going to start playing really well. And, you know, maybe they force a Patrick Mahomes turnover or two. Or maybe, maybe, they win, maybe they win this game. It wouldn't completely shock me, but I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. Uh, I know I've made a lot of risky picks, and I feel more confident in picking the Chiefs here than I do picking, like, the Seahawks or something. So. We'll go Chiefs uh, 34-31. Fair enough. All right, well, let's go ahead and move into the last game. The storyline of it all with Dak Prescott, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Game time decision, only time will tell. Make sure you you set your fantasy lineups accordingly and just be more cautious. If you have Dak Prescott and you have a backup that is you know playing maybe a bad team or a guy that you know could put up points, you might want to start him because you don't know with Dak. I mean, for all you know, you could start Dak and then he doesn't end up playing. So I think it's just better to be safe than sorry and start the backup just in case he doesn't play, because it's better to be safe than sorry. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, so we got the Dallas Cowboys going on there to play the Minnesota Vikings. Dallas leads NFL in points per game and total yards per game this season. Coming off a bye after a crazy win versus the Patriots. We talked about that game a couple weeks ago. Gledhill, surprisingly, I think they're doing this because Dak Pre- the uncertainty with Dak Prescott, but Minnesota is coming in two and a half point favorites at home. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously I would stay away from this game from a betting man. I have no clue what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. I just, the Vikings have also kind of been an up and down team. You don't know what what you're going to get from them week to week. With all that being said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who to pick in this game because, you know, if I were to pick the Vikings, this isn't me saying like, if this is like a one game, like where they're meeting in the playoffs, this is a divisional round or something. And it's in Dallas, and or, or even if it's in Minnesota, I guess. There's, there's one game of elimination, and Dak's healthy, and they're going all in. I'm taking the Cowboys 100% in that game. Uh, but in a regular season game, week eight, you know, when the Cowboys are, you know, they've been winning. You know, they're also coming off a bye. Oh, man, I'm going to stick to it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Cowboys in this game. I'll go, uh, I'll go 30 to 27. It's going to be a really close game. Don't like the whole Dak thing. Wouldn't be surprised if they sit him. And if they do, I think it's the right move. Oh, for sure. Losing this game to the Vikings is not the end of the world. You know, they're still going to win that division. Mm-hmm. NFC East is weak as heck. So might be the right move to bench him. I, I hate saying bench. Let Rest him recover him. this week. Yeah. And uh, he'll come back stronger going forward. And, you know, they'll definitely need him down the stretch. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Cowboys, though. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, this game is really dependent on if Dak plays or not for me. If T plays, I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win like 35 to 27. If they don't, then I'm going to pick the Vikings to win like 27 to 24 uh, because I don't trust Cooper Rush to win us this game. But I do feel like that the Cowboys could still win the game without Dak if they were able to establish the run early and just, you know, find some guy if Cooper Rush just becomes a game manager. But um, I just feel like the Vikings being at home and everything without Dak, I do think they would win. But it's okay. Like Gladhill was saying, it's a loss that you can afford to have 
especially with how we were talking about with the Lions playing the Eagles, the Lions could win that game, the Washington football team and the Broncos. I mean, that game is, you know, up in the air, coin flip of a game. And then you have the Giants who are most likely going to lose to the Chiefs. So either way, that's good. That game could be close. So that's what I'm saying. The Cowboys could afford this win unless you were like 100% like if you're like, if there's any caution with Dak Prescott playing, don't play him. I mean, the, the Cowboys are playing for the, for the playoffs this year. We know this is a playoff team. It would, it would be really bad if, you know, Dak ends up playing and he tweaks it and he's out another couple more weeks because, okay, that's not good. You can afford this loss. And I know that I've been hearing a lot of things about like, you know, Mike McCarthy saying, yes, well, Dak wants to play, but he might not have to. So, and then, and there was another thing saying like Dak Prescott said he would be disappointed, but not surprised if he does play this week, if he doesn't play this weekend. So I saw that. And then I also saw another thing was like, okay, Dak had also been seeing walking around the the city of Frisco, uh, walking around with events, you know, hanging out and and wa- without a boot on. So they're saying like, okay, maybe the calf thing is not as bad. So I don't know, Gledho. I honestly don't know what to believe. I feel like a lot of people, the media could be kind of stirring this up, just some kind of like, I don't know, maybe throw the Vikings off a little bit, but we, we don't know. Maybe maybe this thing is not as bad as we think it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I trust that the, the coaching staff and the front office is going to make the right decision. I trust he's going to make the right decision, even though he wants to play. I mean, whatever happens, I think it's going to be the right decision. If he plays, I'm going to trust that it's the right decision. If he doesn't play, I'm going to trust that it's the right decision. So whatever does end up happening, I'm going to trust that it's the right decision. And if Dak does end up playing, I think I'm not going to be worried. You know, I think he, I, like I said, I'm going to trust it's the right decision. And I think he's going to go out there and look like Dak Prescott looks. So, I mean, that's, that's really the bottom line. I'm not concerned to this. Now, the only, now, obviously if he goes out there and he looks a little like, okay, maybe he's like limping on it, or maybe he's not running the ball well or something. And maybe, maybe they get a couple sacks and he's kind of like, I don't know, like grabbing the ankle or, or grabbing the, the calf a little bit, looks a little sore. Okay, then I'll be like, all right, just go ahead and sit him out. But you know, if he's out there and he looks fine, he looks loose, he has a good warm up, and you know, first drive we we drive and he throws a touchdown, maybe scrambles out a couple times, like, okay, he's okay. But you just never know. You kind of just have to watch for your eyes if he does end up playing. Watch to see how he moves. Watch to see how he throws the ball. You know, the Vikings have a good pass rush. I think they'll be able to get pressure on him, so he's got to get the ball out quick. Uh, but I do feel like the Cowboys could win the game regardless because of their ability to run the football. They have one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL up there with the Browns. And then the Vikings rushing defense has not been that great this season. So I think uh, the Cow- I think the Cowboys could run all over them if they really wanted to. And I also think that Dak is capable of, of throwing like four touchdown passes. But like I said, whatever ends up happening, I trust that the front office is going to make the right decision. And if he does play, like I said, 34 to 27. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I think he's going to play and I think they're just going to be fine. But if he doesn't and they lose, then I already know there's going to be people over there saying, oh, the Cowboys suck. They lost to the Vikings. I don't care if Dak plays. They suck. You know how people are going to act if the Cowboys lose the game. But we know that our team is good. We know that they're going to be okay. And we know that the front office is going to make the right decision. So that's how you should approach it. And we're going to be getting some guys back as well. Michael Gallup is now off injury reserve. He's probably not going to play. But the fact that he's back at practice, that is good there. We'll see how he how he gets into the offense with Cedric Wilson playing so good. You have Lael Collins who's coming back. They're putting him at left guard, the position that he used to play in the position he played at LSU. Tyron, so you have Tyron Smith, Lael Collins at left guard. They bench Connor Williams now. You have that Tyler Bedaz or whatever his name is at center. Uh, he started last year. And then you have Zach Martin and then Terrence Steele, who's been playing good in replace of Lael Collins on the right side. So Cowboys looking good, getting a lot of players back. You also got 
Uh, Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback from Kentucky that they drafted in the second round, who's finally going to be able to make his debut after being hurt in the preseason. And so we're getting some guys back. We're getting some guys back and this will really help us in the long run. And if we end up losing, but we're competitive, then, you know, it's okay. Hopefully Dak's fine and, and we'll move on to the next week against Denver. So they can afford this loss. I hope they win and I hope Dak plays, but if they sit him, I understand. And we can afford the loss with the NFC East. So Cowboys 34, 27, that's my final thing. You got anything else to say? Go ahead, Hill. No, man. Let's let's see it. All right. Well, guys, appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we will see you guys next week for the midway point of the season. Hopefully we can get Preston back in it. I hope you guys have a good one and enjoy some football this weekend. Peace out.